guys. Welcome back to True Crime on Easy Street. We're back this week. My name's Katie Givens, and I'm still not a lawyer. I'm Kelly Turner, and I'm still not a doctor. Scott right here. I am the resident mediocre journalist. <laughs> that you are, Scott. And we've got a good one coming up for you this week. Kelly is back in the hot seat, so... I'm in the hot seat all of February. Yeah, she's been busy. Yeah, I have been. This case... All of us, when we started doing this podcast, we each had a handful of our pet cases, our favorite cases, the reason that we were interested in true crime, right? Yeah. Correct. Tonight, we start with part one of one of my favorites. This is my pet case. And... This case is still active, so I feel very certain that we will be able to provide you with an update once they catch this guy. You, and said, I that say before we, once. you said that before we started the show tonight, before we turned on the mic, so I feel like that you're going to enlighten us with some information that yes. is going to lead us to believe maybe that... This case is going to be solved. We're okay. going to see it solved. Awesome. Okay. I agree. We are, absolutely. But we have to get to it first. Um, Scott, do you have some set the table for us? I've tonight? got a couple of things. So uh, okay. this is a case that takes place in uh, 2017. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, one of the things that happened in 2017, if you guys want to flash back and just remember where we all were five years ago coming up on, uh, Hurricane Harvey hit the United States as a Category 4 hurricane, caused catastrophic damage in the Houston area. Oh, yeah. Uh, at the time, uh, the total damages reached $125 billion. That was in 2017 U.S. dollars. It was the costliest natural disaster in United States history, tied it with Hurricane Katrina, which was back in 05. Uh Sadly, on October the 1st of 2017, that was when uh, 60 people were killed and more than 860 were injured when some jackass with a Gatlin gun started firing on a concert in Las Vegas from his hotel room high up at the Mandalay Bay I remember resort. That. Oh, yeah. mm. Terrible. Uh, his name was Steven Paddock. And uh, that was the deadliest mass shooting in the history of the United States of America at the time. Hang on. I'm sure somebody's going to top it one of these days. Oh gosh. Unfortunately. Terrible. Uh, Russia got banned from the winter Olympics. In December of 2017, fucking cheaters are probably cheating right now over in China. Oh, cheaters. The Winter Olympics going on right now. And then on December the 14th, the Walt Disney World announced that it was going to purchase 20th Century Fox for $66 billion. They can afford it. They can. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's, uh, they, that's when they were getting into, you know, Disney Plus was about to become a big mm-hmm. thing. So they have a huge catalog now because of the purchase of most of the 20th mm-hmm. Century Fox uh, library. Uh, 2017 was also the year where uh, my boss, publisher David Crawford Jr., purchased the Herald. And we started to uh, work the Post and the Herald, both local newspapers, out of the same office here in Cherokee County, Alabama. And today they are combined into the Post Herald. 2017 was the year I got married. And 2017 okay. was the year that Katie got married. How about that? I was there you that there. day. I was, <laughs> I was a member of the wedding party we, that day. A yeah, it'll fantastic be time. Five years coming up here in Does like it? a month. Which oh my goodness. was just a little after this case took what, place. What's the date? Mm-hmm. 
March 11th. 11th is your anniversary. Mm-hmm. All right, I got to remember that. The day before the high school prom. I need to get... No. So there's, <laughs> well, there's no vacations happening this year. I'll have no. to get Shane a new it's pair of socks for his uh, fifth wedding anniversary present. <laughs> he got me a very nice gift already, and that means we have no money for me to get him one, so it's fine. <laughs> oh, well, that's okay. Socks it is. Uh, <laughs> some of the big movies in 2017, uh, Dunkirk, the Christopher Nolan World War II epic, was big in 2017. Justice League. Okay. Uh, when we finally yeah. got all of the DC characters together, Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and Flash and all of those folks. Uh, Wonder Woman also was a movie that came out that year. Spider-Man Homecoming to jump ship over to Marvel Comics. Oh, give a shout out to my daughter. She loves Tom Holland. Yep. Tom Holland's oh, a great actor. John Wick 2. That was the year of John Wick 2. Uh, oh, I another, love Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I do too. And uh, Kong Skull Island was also another big movie at the box office in 2017. And that is all I have for you guys today. So, great ride set. at Universal Studios. Is, is Ooh, it a great I ride? Is it? I have never ridden it at Universal Studios. Awesome. All right. All right. Well, today we're just going to jump into the story. And this case, as I've already spilled the beans, is a two-parter. Uh, we're going to... I get in trouble when to, I do that. I know. We're going to have to dissect this case quite a bit. So let me give you the high points and then we'll just dive in at different points, at, at different uh, ends of the pool, I guess, to continue the metaphor of diving the in. swimming analogy that we're, that we're running with. All I right. know. I know. Okay. We're not even near the ocean. I know. <laughs> <laughs> At 1.35 p.m. on Monday, February the 13th, 2017, 13-year-old Abigail Joyce Williams, known as Abby, and 14-year-old Liberty Rose Lynn German, known as Libby, were dropped off by Libby's older sister, Kelsey. They were dropped off on County Road 300 North, east of the Hoosier Heartland Highway. Now, we are no longer in Alabama today. We are in the state of Indiana. We're in Delphi. The Hoosier was a dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. Um, we are talking about two young girls, 13-year-old Abby and 14-year-old Libby. So Libby's older sister, Kelsey, drops them off. And where she drops them off is a very popular place in Delphi and they have a big hiking area. They have different bridges that you can go. Deer Creek is there. But specifically, Abby and Libby wanted to go hiking across the Monon High Bridge, which is over Deer Creek. And that's um, kind of near the Deer Creek Township. It's it's on the outskirts. Uh, Delphi is a very small town, much like we are used to here okay. where our podcast is a located. Rural, a rural area. <laughs> There's that word again. That we can't again. say. Uh, we need Julie back this week yeah, to, to, uh, say, to say it for us. Rural. rural. <laughs> but um, it is. And like this area, they have hiking trails and the the creek and you know places they like to go and it's really good for uh, people take pictures at the bridge it's it's a great instagram spot if you visit this area you're probably going to want to visit the park and and go across the bridge and 
do all of these things. And this so, is a bridge that you can that you can walk across. You can, but you have to be very careful. This bridge is very high, and it it it's like um, it's very long. It it's like a it's, it's a railroad. Old, it's an old rail railway trestle. Yes. Okay. And there's there there are no rails. Um, you have to watch where you're stepping because not all of the the pieces of wood are, are connected. They're, you know, you have to be careful. You have to watch what you're doing. So if you've seen the train chase sequence from the film Stand By Me, starring Will Wheaton and River Phoenix back in the day in the early 80s. It's very much similar to that. Running across this trestle and the trains after them. There's no train involved here because it's no longer. Correct. Uh, something that's accessible to train or, or to the railway, but the similar setup. You wouldn't catch Correct. me on. I don't this. think me. Either. I'm not going to be on this bridge. I don't like heights, but if you Nor were I. to do, and we'll try to put a picture of this bridge on our social media, but mm-hmm. if you were to Google Monon High Bridge or just Delphi, Indiana Bridge, it's going to come up because right. this case is very popular. Um, <clears throat> so the girls wanted to go to this bridge and um, they beg. Uh, Abby had spent the night with Libby the night before. And this is a Monday, as you're noticing, you're asking, you may be asking, why are these kids not in school? But it was a scheduled weather day. You know how it, you have so many snow days, mm-hmm. and if you don't take them or use them, you get them later on in the sure. year. Right. So Monday, February the 13th, 2017, was a scheduled weather day. So they were not in school. So. Kelsey, the older sister of Libby, agrees to take the two girls and drop them off if they can find somebody to bring them home because Kelsey has a day plan. She's helping her boyfriend. If you listen to the Down the Hill podcast, which is a podcast that solely covers this case, she says that she was helping him. He was trying to resell his truck. So she was going to help him clean out his truck. And then she had to go to work. So she had things to do that day. She had a day planned. She did. So Libby comes back and she tells Kelsey, yes, if you can drop us off, dad can pick us up. So they're uh, Libby and Kelsey's father is Derek. And um, let me give you some family dynamics. Libby lives with Libby and Kelsey live with their grandparents who have custody of them and their father Derek also lives in the home so that's and then their mother is still involved in their life but she lives like 200 miles away but they they have custody the the grandparents do gotcha and so Abby comes over and spends the night and so now we have Kelsey's going to drop them off and Derek's going to pick them up. So at 3.15, Libby's father, Derek, shows up to get the girls. The girls are not there. He calls his mother. He tries to call Libby. He can't get a hold of her. He calls Kelsey. Can't get a hold of them. They kind of, the grandmother immediately starts to panic. Kelsey's thinking there's something wrong the grandfather and the dad are not necessarily ready to panic at this point Mm -hmm. so they look around uh derek looks around the rest of the family comes in they try to look around trying to find the girls they can't find them at 5 30 p.m now remember they were supposed to be picked up at 3 15 at 5 30 p.m they report them missing authorities quickly respond and they search the area 
They originally did not suspect foul play, but the longer the time ticked on, they're starting to to kind of worry. They searched with so many people from the area. People show up with lights. They're searching the area. There's a wooded area. Once you cross the Monon High Bridge, there's a, a hill there that you can go down. There's the Deer Creek. There's a wooded area across the creek. But there's a fence on that side of the bridge. It's not on the bridge, but it's after you get past the bridge. So I don't want to confuse anybody, but what I'm trying to tell you is once the girls got across this bridge, they have to turn around and come back across the bridge in order to exit the area and exit the hiking trails because it's fenced off. You can't go keep going. Mm -hmm. So they're searching all of that area because they know that the girls were going to that bridge. And one of the girls posts a Snapchat photo on the bridge. During the day. During the day. Libby, the 14-year-old, takes a Snapchat photo of Abby walking on the bridge. So that sort of gives them a timeline of, okay, then, and they're on the side of the bridge. People who know that area, they're saying, okay, they're they're almost across the bridge. Right. So they're searching that area. They're searching the woods. They're searching the the park area. Um, and for some reason, the authorities, they call off the search at midnight that night. Um, if you listen to the, the police officer, the, the chief, uh, Tobe Lesenby is the, the chief of police there. And he says that it was mostly a lighting thing and a resource thing. They're, they're a very small town with not a lot of resources. Mm-hmm. There was not a lot of lights um they were working mostly with volunteers it's also probably freezing it's getting cold Mm -hmm. like middle of the night february indiana yeah and but he he does say in an interview that people continued to search throughout the night even though they called it off there were still volunteer parties that were out there that searched throughout the night but um the bodies of the girls were found the next day around noon. They're found about a half a mile east of the Monon High Bridge. They were found on the north bank of Deer Creek. So remember when I told you when you go across the bridge, you can go down a hill across the creek, and then there's a wooded area. They're found on the other side of the creek. So at some point in time, they crossed that creek, whether it was on their own or forcibly, or whether they were drug across the creek and the crime occurred on the south side of the creek. Okay. So the bodies were found on the north side of Deer Creek, the north bank. Mm-hmm. Um, as the investigation unfolds, evidence taken from the phone of Libby will show a photo of Abby walking across the Monon High Bridge and what will be the last time the two were known to be alive. Another photo from Libby's Snapchat will also surface. That photo is of a man walking toward the girls dressed in a blue coat, jeans, boots, and a hat. A recording will also come from this phone as well. And there are four words that they release from that recording. The first word is guys. And the last three words are down the hill. 
and Indiana State Police, they are going to release this recording. They're going to release these photos. The bridge guy is what they call him. Okay. We have audio of this man. We have a photo of this man. We still don't have this man. We have a lot of persons of interest that we're going to get into, but we still don't officially have this man. Okay. So it's very, the photo is very grainy. Um, You can also Google Delphi bridge guy and it will pop right up. We'll put it on our social media too. Okay. And you can see, and so the police even release him taking a few steps Initially, it looks like he may have a, a limp or some sort of significant gait, but you got to remember he's a walking across that bridge that we talked about that's very high. There are no handrails or guardrails. You have to watch where you're going. In my opinion, the steps are carefully being taken. They're, there's not yeah. necessarily any Because it's a railroad trestle that's 80 feet off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I've seen the photograph. It's that's a that's a that's yes. a deadly fall if you slip and fall. It's a it's a ooh, it's scary. The center of that bridge, you don't survive that. Yeah. Fall. So let's talk about that bridge. Uh, for nearly three thousand people that call Delphi home, the Monon High Bridge is a popular pastime. The bridge has been used as a backdrop for photo shoots, like senior pictures, wedding photos, or just to capture the beauty of the nature that is around it. And it is very beautiful in that area i can understand why people would want to visit this area mm-hmm. and be around it and take photos i would take photos of the bridge but i would not be on the bridge i'd right. be away from well the bridge. In, in much the same way that people do around here with the the lake or the uh or cherokee rock village or yes. little river canyon it's just things that are right here in the neighborhood that we take for granted but at least when it's time to do yearbook photos we all load up and and take the kids out there and take these take those yeah. kinds of photos and so that kind of it's that yeah. kind of place in Delphi, Indiana. Yes. And the girls wanted to, to hang out, use their day to be outside in nature. Nothing wrong with that. This is broad daylight. I mean, they're supposed to meet up with her dad at 3.15 p.m. It's it's very much daylight right. still. Um, so they're in the middle of the day. A couple of kids, 13 and 14 years old, who want to be outside. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. There, you know, so unfortunately, now the most recognizable images of the bridge are Libby's photo uh, of Bridge Guy, and then of course the last photo of Abby alive that we see. Now, the Bridge Guy is the su- suspected killer. No one has come forward and said, "I am Bridge Guy." Sure. <laughs> and the recording, no one's come forward and said, "Yeah, I saw the girls. I talked to them." You know, that kind of, or if someone has done that, they've not released it. Let me just say that. They've not said, okay, this gentleman was here. We've cleared him. He's good to go. Because you're talking about, you just said it's a town of 3000 people. Mm -hmm. It's not like, and nobody saw an out of state license plate on a pickup truck in the parking lot. Mm -mm. So, I mean, my first guess is it's somebody should recognize this guy. Mm-hmm. But you're about to tell me that that has well, not happened. Well, there have been several persons of interest who might have been in the area or might have been from the area. Um, but the, it's interesting you mentioned the vehicle. There is a vehicle that they are they seem to be looking for. But they've what they've said is if if you parked 
at a certain place between this time and this time, let us know. So they're looking at certain parking lots around the area. Where they were dropped off, um, they're, they have determined that Bridge Guy did not park there. Yeah, okay. There All was right. a car that was left abandoned at um, off that Hoosier Heartland Highway uh, in a parking lot, which was the former child services office, which is just random mm-hmm. in itself, um, between noon and five on the hours of the day that, between noon and five on the day that the girls disappeared. Yes. And- that that was the main car they were looking for. And as far as we know, that car, the owner of that car has not been identified. Right. As far as we know. But it wasn't at what I would call the mouth of the park. And, and I'm, it, it's, it's just not off a that, park. Off that highway that the park is off. Well, of. if it's yeah, like. Yeah, it's kind of a park, but it's not, it's not an official park. It's, it, there's a lot of hiking trails. I was going to say, if it's a, um, if it's a railroad bridge, then, you know, the railroad probably ran parallel to the highway mm-hmm. and there were probably parking lots along the way. You go to the parking or the, uh, the railroad tra- uh, trails that we have around here uh, in this area. Mm-hmm. And. It's it's very easy to access because yeah. it's it's right beside the highway. So mm-hmm. anywhere you can pull off and park a car, mm-hmm. you can get to the old railway bed. Yeah, and eventually and it's kind of the same here. There's there's one little area, and it it takes you to the Delphi Historic Trail System. You can go right or you can go left, and there's a there's a map there, and you can see all the different trails. They know that the killer was not parked there throughout the day, so. The Monad High Bridge was built in 1891. At 63 feet, the bridge is believed to be Indiana's second tallest bridge. It carried trains high above Deer Creek until it was abandoned in 1987. The abandoned railroad bridge has since become a popular attraction. People, again, as I told you, they like to go there. Um, it's, It's not been repaired. And it is not a part of the official Delphi historic trail system, mainly because it needs some work. It looks to me like something that needs to be torn down and should have been (laughs) 30 years ago. In one of the episodes of the Down the Hill podcast, the superintendent um, says, I'll be glad when this bridge is gone. So it made me sort of think that Mm -hmm. that's in the works. I'm not sure. I can't be for sure about that, but um, the Delphi historic trails are 10 miles, Um, eight miles of urban street trails. And then there are some hiking trails and then you have the bridge, which is not a part of it, but it's right there. It seems to me like I think of the, uh, the old railroad trestle over at Yellow Creek, which has been torn down for probably 25 Mm -hmm. years now at least. But you know, one of the reasons they did it was because you don't have to, Swing too many dead cats around here without hitting some idiot who is willing to go over there and jump off the top of it. Yeah, at least it had a lake under it. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I guess this um, creek wasn't quite deep enough for that, right? No. Indiana Landmarks puts this bridge on its ten most endangered list in 2016. So it's, yeah. they know that it's not, you know, but it is a beautiful area, and going there is beautiful. And like I said, you can you can take a photo of this. Here's the bridge. I'm showing Scott a picture of this bridge. Looks extremely dangerous. <laughs> Very I'm high. Not and you can to see cross that. Deer Creek is is under there. And then here's the Delphi Historic Trails. 
the Trailhead Park, and then there's one, it says Riley Park Annex. So you can Google all of this and you can see these photos. Again, we'll put them on our social media as well. This is the area. Here's a, and we also have a map that has all the different trails um, that kind of shows you where the bridge is. Mm Mm-hmm. In relation that. to all the other trails. So we'll, again, we'll put that up there. But since the murders, Indiana Landmarks placed a temporary fence at the north end of the bridge and a sign warning against trespassing. So they've kind of closed that down. So it's not a place that you can go hang out right now, especially it's a crime scene. Yeah. It has been mm-hmm. since this day in 2017. Um, there, of course, there are restoration groups wanting to restore the bridge and reopen it. Um, they are estimating the cost of repairing the bridge at $121,000. From looking at the bridge, it seems that seems a little cheap to be. To be it would cost a lot less need. than that to just rip it down. It's not a place you want to cut corners. Bridge yeah. restoration. For sure, for sure. So let's move into the investigation. Now, police have not released the details of how the girls were murdered. That's one thing that's unique to this case from any of the other cases we've talked about. We don't know how these girls were murdered. As early as February the 15th, 2017, Indiana State Police began circulating a still image of an individual reportedly seen on the Monon High Bridge Trail near where the two friends were murdered. The photo that we talked about was bridge guy, hands in his pockets, wearing that blue jacket, walking across the bridge. A few days later, the person uh, in that photograph was named the prime suspect in the double homicide so really quickly they're throwing this picture out there they're circulating a sketch and people are they're get they're getting tips so they're working very fast in this case on february 22nd law enforcement released an audio recording where the voice of the suspect though in some degree muffled is heard saying down the hill that's why you have the podcast that i keep referring to is called down the hill we're going to play that audio for you now so you can take a listen to the killer in this case So at this news conference, they released this audio. They begin to share the source of this audio, which is Liberty German's smartphone, Libby, the 14-year-old who goes by Libby, in her final moments was able to capture this man on video, capture the photo and the recording. So the phone was recovered at the scene of the crime? The phone was recovered. Okay. And they were able to gather this information. So already their Liberty is showing what a brave girl she yes. was and had the... Very the, smart. Yes, the thought process to take a photo and take a recording. And that's what's going to help solve this case. That iPhone that Libby so bravely used in her final moments... That's going to catch the sky, and it, and we're I'm going to be so happy when I give the update. Uh, once this well, individual right. is caught, I hope so. Um, so her phone 
already we're seeing her how brave what a great hero she is to do this uh at this point in time on february 22nd when they're releasing all this the reward is at forty one thousand dollars. that quickly in a case we've got we've reached forty one thousand dollars for a reward which has to be raised i think that there's a misconception sometimes in reward money police departments don't really they don't have the funds and resources no. to offer this. This is raised by community. This is raised by organizations around. Like, this has nothing to do with the police department. This uh, police department didn't even have enough resources to have the proper lighting to continue searching right. throughout the night on day one. So they absolutely do not have the funding to put up. Rewards, exactly. Yeah. On July the 17th, officers distribute a composite sketch of someone who, at that time in the investigation, was sought as a person of prime interest in the murders. It had apparently been drawn by police from eyewitnesses to a certain hiker on those historic trails on the day the girls vanished. This is going to be the photo that you see that uh, the individual with the hat. Yes, there's we'll an put older guy. Yeah, we'll put that on our social media. Older guy with a hat. He's got a uh, a goatee. He's got kind of a weird looking nose. Anyways, well, my first guess was going to be that the guy was an older guy because it's got to be somebody who is too old to understand the concept of what a smartphone is capable of. Because if he had, he would have taken that smartphone and anything else he could find around the crime scene with him. But he, it didn't occur to him, apparently, that there might be some incriminating evidence on this phone that one of these girls had in her hand or on her person but or beside her. To also clarify, he did not know he was being recorded. Right. You could, like, it was, Bridge guy's head is down. Like, he did not know. He, you can tell that he did not know, and you can tell that she's recording okay. him in... in in secrecy. And I think that's the reason they, they keep talking about what a hero she is, is that she has the wherewithal. I, I am, this is just a theory that I have, but I believe at that point that the recording was made, the phone was in her pocket. Yeah. Like a, mm-hmm. like a, just a, I mean, okay. she'd hit record and uh, now I don't know that for sure because they've not released all that information, yeah, I'm, but I'm perplexed. I hope you give us some clarification about why they're so cloak and dagger about the specifics of this case, because it seems like you're hindering the attempt to solve it. If you keep all of the particulars about the case hidden, but you may tell me otherwise. Well, I think there's been a lot of debate about that. People, there are people on both sides of the fence and, and you have the, the Indiana state police here saying we're keeping this very close. I mean, I get it. You keep we don't some wanna, things. Well, they don't want to do anything to damage trial to damage moving forward that's one side of that's the what argument they keep saying like the only argument you hear is they don't want to hinder any future trial yeah but what you're yeah. doing inadvertently is you're hindering the solution of the case and that's what a I lot of people argue. that that's been a, a, probably not, the number one criticism yes i mean you don't case. give away everything i mean i've studied enough of these cases in a year and a half you you keep a few things close to the vest so that you can confirm for certain if this person might be guilty of this crime. But you release, I mean, they released the sketch. You know, mm-hmm. they've, they've, they've sent out the photo. They've released the audio. I mean, are we looking um, they've for a released vehicle? A or are we looking for a piece of the audio, though? Because mm-hmm. it is, it is always... He, he doesn't say guys, comma, down the hill. It's guys, dot, 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 down the hill. Yeah. Those are just the words that they've pulled that are from the audio. Okay. And that's maybe, I guess, the... What you what you can hear the best, but 
it's there's a lot more audio and, and there's probably a lot more footage but on that phone been yeah. released. it just seems to me like it would be to somebody's benefit for for that to be seen and heard but i'm not Well, as we, as we move through this case, and especially when we get to part two and we talk about more persons of interest, we might come back around to this and and speculate as to why they've chosen not to release everything. Um, Two years later on April 19th, 2019, Indiana state police announced that they are moving in a new direction on a case. Uh, Superintendent Doug Carter Uh, He's speaking on behalf of the state police and the multi-agency task force. He releases more materials and he holds a press conference. And we're going to play an excerpt of that for you now. Directly to the killer who may be in this room. We believe you are hiding in plain sight. For more than two years, you never thought we would shift gears to a different investigative strategy, but we have. We likely have interviewed you or someone close to you. We know that this is about power to you. And you want to know what we know. And one day, you will. A question to you. What will those closest to you think of they find out that you brutally murdered two little girls? Two children. Only a coward would do such a thing. We are confident that you have told someone what you have done. Or at the very least, they know because of how different you are since the murders. We try so hard to understand how a person could do something like this to two two children. I recently watched a movie called The Shack. And there's also a book that talks so well about evil, about death, and about eternity to the murderer. I believe you have just a little bit of a conscience left. And I can assure you that how you left them in that woods is not it's not what they're experiencing today so as you can see he's very invested he's very emotional he's very dedicated to this case when you hear his interviews for the down the hill podcast you can clearly see that this is the case that haunts him every single night of his life. There's not a day that goes by that he doesn't think about these two little girls. He's very, very invested in this and he wants it solved just as much as anybody. So I, I give him 
a lot of credit. He right. he seems like a really. I feel like they're doing a lot. I know that there's the the controversy about releasing everything, and they may discover in the future that 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 was not the the best thing to do. Who knows? Well, you're rattling off these dates, and so we're talking about audio being released on February the 22nd of 2017, and then we have a new direction in April of 19, so we've spent two fucking years <laughs> not really getting anywhere, at least on the outside yeah. looking in. Now, maybe they've got a, a no, thousand leads, and they've, they've got this almost figured out. Well, they've had a ton of leads. But it also sounds like the they've spent two of- years, and they haven't made any progress they at all. Ha- and they've been criticized for that, but, but they at least... I'm going to go to come to their defense just a little That's bit fine. and say that they were willing to to take a new direction okay. in this case. And yeah. they also, during this press conference, they release a new sketch. That's confusing. It is confusing. And, and this more, more individual, this individual looks younger. Mm-hmm. He does not have on a hat. Uh, what else about that sketch, Katie? It's, it's, it's different. It's just different. different. It's a different person. And you that, guys see why I'm confused? I and do, and right? I have been okay. when I first started looking into this case. That was very confusing to me. Um, but again, I do give them kudos for being willing to to change directions and to be very vocal about it. But and they put the new sketch as primary. They're like, this new sketch is at the forefront, and anything to do with the second sketch. I mean, we. They they kind of still leave it out, but I mean they like they leave it out there for people, but they're like yeah. that one's secondary. This one this yes. new sketch is primary. They call so the new sketch released in twenty nineteen is their primary sketch, and then they leave that other one out there as secondary, just yeah. like you said. Like they don't say sketch. they don't say we're doing away with that first sketch. Nope. I'm gonna hold my tongue until you guys explain this because you're I I don't like what I hear right now. So, I know. But anyway, go I ahead. Know. I'm sorry. Okay, I know. <laughs> so they go into this individual in this new composite sketch. Uh, the police say that this person may range from age eighteen to forty, which is a large range. That's a long. I mean, that's a lot. But they're also going to say that that this individual may have a youthful appearance. He may be older, but look younger. Possibly Caucasian, possibly African American, maybe tall, maybe short. <laughs> nope, I mean, Caucasian. Give me something. Caucasian right. and male and male, mm-hmm. and reddish brown hair, and um, about five nine, f- and weight was up to two hundred twenty pounds, one eighty to two twenty, yeah. if I'm remembering correctly, um, based on that bridge guy photo, and then this sketch here. Um, investigators revealed that they have reason to believe that the suspect might uh, well be hiding in plain sight, that the person is almost certainly familiar with the area, uh, whether it's because they live there or maybe they worked there for a time, lived in Delphi or worked in Delphi. Right. An additional plea is going to be made for help in identifying the driver of a vehicle, as Katie said, left abandoned off of Hoosier Heartland Highway in Delphi. Like she said again at the former child services office between noon and five on the day of the murders. So they, uh, I gave the description, the reddish brown hair, the up to 5'10", 5'6", to 5'10", 18 to 40, 180 to 220, but unknown eye color. So this is what we're working with. 
That's you just described every serial killer in the history of serial killers in the United States. Of well, America. and and on the I keep referencing this podcast. I know I keep mm-hmm. I promoting another podcast, but in those interviews, um, one guy makes the statement of thus half the guys in Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. they they're aware that it's it's very um, and they, broad. They get a lot of tips based on this. I mean, everybody. I think it kind of paranoids people and they're thinking, oh, I, I know that guy. Mm-hmm. And so many people have fallen victim of, people will put on social media, they will put a, a photo of the sketch mm-hmm. and they'll pop someone's picture right by it. And they'll post that on social media. People's lives have been ruined right. because their photo was slapped up beside the sketch. And they had, they were clear. They had nothing to do with this crime. That's where we've gotten, and that that's what has happened because it's not been solved. Exactly. And anytime we have case, social media. <laughs> any, any, yeah, anytime a case goes years without being solved and you and you don't have any updates or you don't have any new information, we're going to do a case in a few weeks. It's going to sound eerily similar to this. Yes. Uh, in many respects, because you, when, you, when you've got nothing new and, and maybe you just can't find anything new, maybe nothing new is out there, but if you're, if you're very suspicious about the information that you release. And again, I don't know what this list of information they have and what it is not is. Well, what we have to remember is they have a lot more information than they're releasing. And I know that's your biggest gripe they're not doing right anything now. with it. Right, Scott. But I think as we start to talk about some of the persons of interest and as we move into a little more okay. information, you're going to find that there has been some movement on this and very recently. All right, so let's talk about our persons of interest. We've got two murdered little girls. Somebody's going to pay. Somebody did this, and that person's going to pay. Right. So our persons of interest, on July the 23rd, 2019, Paul, it's either going to be Eder or Eater, E-T-T-E-R. Paul Eater was wanted for the kidnapping and rape of a 26-year-old woman on June 22nd in a nearby county. So the county is like Tippecanoe County. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's near Delphi. Okay. Uh, Five days later, Eater was surrounded by police, and after a five-hour standoff, he died by suicide. So that was the first person of interest, and he's gone. Well, that's suspicious. Uh, Daniel J. Nations, a registered sex offender from Indiana, was arrested in Woodland Park, Colorado in September of 2017. He was charged with threatening strangers on a monument trail with a hatchet. He's on a trail. Yeah. Right. Delphi. Sounds like a possible modus operandi. He's got a hatchet. He's threatening people. Um. He has expired Indiana plates on his car. Then they discovered that he has an outstanding warrant under his name. Daniel J. Nations was a favorite person of interest by many, many people who looked at this case. Because he was on a trail, because he was threatening people, he had the expired Indiana plates. A cyclist on the trail had been fatally shot around the time that Nations was terrifying people on that trail and so they were thinking that he had committed this crime and he may be responsible for for the delphi murders so a spokesman for the sheriff's office in that area told reporters that however quote many similarities 
there were between the cases, talking about nations in Colorado and the Delphi case. However, quote, many similarities there were between the cases. He was not at liberty to disclose them. Since Indiana investigators did not want any more information released. Here we go again with that. So that's why Daniel J. Nations was like a favorite of the people who were looking at the different persons of interest. On January the 5th, 2018, Nations was sentenced to three years of probation for threatening members of the public in Colorado. However, he was not released since he had an active warrant in Indiana. On January the 24th, Nations was transferred to Indiana officials' custody on an unrelated charge. He failed to register as a sex offender. Mm, That'll get you. Yep. In early February 2018, authorities said that Nations was no longer considered an active person of interest in the Delphi murders. I'm speechless. That's all we know. He's not, they've ruled him out completely. So does that mean that there's some DNA evidence that we don't know about? There has been a lot of speculation about DNA. We don't know. We do not know if they have DNA evidence or not. We don't know I'm how they frustrated. were murdered. So I'm we very fucking frustrated about this entire case right now. And I know that I'm hearing all of this for the first time. And I know. People out there who've been following this case for years. Surely they're more frustrated even than I am, but this is this is maddening. There's a lot of speculation um, that they there is DNA because because how can you how can you absolutely rule someone out without it? Right, and if you look at the people that they're looking into so far, they're looking at rapists mm-hmm. and. Pedophiles, yeah. yeah. People who they probably have DNA information already on file mm-hmm. to compare against. Mm-hmm. I would, I would. So there's well, a lot of speculation, speculate. but they have not come out and said, yes, we have DNA and it is this type of DNA. They have not said that. Okay. The next person of interest, Thomas Bruce, who formerly worked as a pastor is charged with fatally shooting one woman and sexually assaulting two others after having ordered them at gunpoint into the back room of a suburban St. Louis shop for religious supplies. He did this in broad daylight on November the 19th, 2018. These crimes put Bruce in the spotlight of the press. People start saying, aha, here we go. They're comparing this guy to uh, the description of the Delphi murderer. And um, they also are saying that he, he has, a, apparently he has a flat cap and Navy jacket that he was wearing during this crime, much like the Delphi murderer is wearing. It looks like that same image. It is. Yes. Okay. So they're seeing a lot of similarities to him. Um, Indiana State Police did look into his possible connection in in November. On December the 4th, uh, Bruce was charged with uh, no fewer than 17 felony counts related to the St. Louis case, and he could receive the death penalty. But that's as far as they've gone with him. Apparently, he's a person of interest, but they're not saying one way or the other. 
Charles Eldridge was arrested on January 8, 2019 in Union City, Indiana on charges of child molestation and child solicitation. Uh, police in the county alerted the FBI to the potential link between Charles Eldridge and the Delphi murders because they are saying that he strongly resembles the sketch. Now, I'm not exactly sure... Uh, oh, he does. He resembles this the first sketch, the one with the 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 original the sketch original with sketch the with the with the cap, the flat cap, the one that yeah. they updated, but for some reason still kept. Yeah, they're still keeping active. it, but they've said it's secondary. <clears throat> Apparently, Charles Eldridge resembled this sketch. So those are a few persons of interest in this case. We still have two very important persons of interest to get to and we will get to them next week in part two where we will not only get to these persons of interest but we're going to talk about catfishing we're going to talk about social media we're going to talk about snapchat some more instagram all of those things that are coming into play in this modern day crime and we're going to use modern day technology scott am i still going to be as frustrated when we get to the end about uh, the the lack of progress with the investigation i don't think so but i i don't know i don't know scott but i'm telling you this is a solvable case we are going to see it solved we're going to see it solved. well i certainly hope so absolutely so that's going to do it for me this week. Well, I can't wait to find out how this thing wraps up on our next exciting episode of True Crime on Easy Street. I know. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. Visit our website, truecrimeoneasystreet.com. And if you have a, a, an idea for, an, for a future episode of the show, you can email us at truecrimeoneasystreet at gmail.com. We'll have lots to post this week because we'll put all these sketches up. Mm-hmm. We'll have lots of links. Get ready for our live show. Yes. That's on February the... 19th. No, I'm sorry, no. the 15th. 16th. The 16th. February the 16th. I knew it was in the teens. The day this episode drops, if you're listening the day it drops. Yep, okay. we'll see you at the live show tonight at 7.30 on Easy Street. With merch. With merch! Good Yay! night, everybody. <laughs>